Well, Ben Nicholson-Smith, you know, I wanted to start uh, a number of different ways after, uh, honestly, a beautiful night down here at, at the Rogers Center. I was hoping we could chat about Matt Chapman staying hot, right, his third home run in two games. But, of course, tonight we we have to start by discussing the Alec Manoa injury. It's arguably the, the face of the franchise. You don't say that often about a pitcher. Uh, you know, the Cy Young candidate maybe in the AL so far. The ace, I've, I've gotten comfortable using the word ace for Alec Manoa, but like you were talking about with Ben Wagner, the Jonathan Scope comebacker off the, I guess, the, the bony part of his right elbow. He had been laboring in this game. It wasn't the cleanest of starts even, you know, if you take the injury out of it. But the Jays did say he has just the right elbow contusion. He underwent the precautionary x-rays. They came back negative. So definitely some cautious optimism, but still a scary moment for the Jays here in the sixth inning. It, it always is whenever a player who's that significant to your team ends up going off the field with an injury, and that's what happened here. Now, he was at a point in the game after throwing 87 pitches where he probably wasn't going to be out there for all that long anyways. So, you know, it, was it a huge difference to the overall outcome of his start? Maybe not, but like you said, a huge sigh of relief to know that it wasn't a fracture for the Blue Jays. And now it's kind of next steps determining, does that allow him to throw a bullpen? We saw with Kevin Gosman. His ankle wasn't fractured. It still delayed things, so the Jays will have to gather more information, talk to Manoa, and see where he stands from tomorrow and and moving forward to his next start. Yeah, you're going to have to be you're, you're always going to have to be cautious with injuries, but I think you are maybe extra cautious when it comes to one of the more important players for your franchise overall. Uh, that's Ben Nicholson Smith. I'm Show Ali. Welcome to Jays Talk here across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, we are taking your calls 416-870-0590, 1-888-666-0590-STAR-590 on your cellular device. You can also text us at 590-590. Leave your name and location as we discuss this 4-2 loss for the Blue Jays at the hands of the Tigers. The series now evened at one game apiece in this four-game set here at Rogers Center. Game three goes tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. I believe it is Ross Stripling will head to the mound for the Jays. And uh, old pal David Drew Hutchinson going for uh, for the Tigers. But tonight again, the Alec Manoa injury is kind of the story of the night. We, I, I do want to get to this Luis Castillo news at some point because that that has major implications. Even though he has not been traded to the Blue Jays, it has major implications for the AL wildcard race. I believe the season series with the Mariners is done. I, I want to say. I have to go, go and look at the rest yes, of the schedule for, for, for August and, and so on. But uh, with that, even, even with that being the case, the Mariners, they got, I believe they got Heat pretty bad by the Astros tonight in in Houston, but even so, the Luis Castillo solidifying what is now a very good top three of the rotation. I think is going to change how you look at other trade targets. I mean, I I, I kind of wonder how much more valuable uh, Frankie Montes becomes, or Jose Quintana, or I mean, I've been banging the drum for Pablo Lopez, but uh, I just I wonder where where trade targets now, where trade eyes now move to, Ben. Well. Luis Castillo was going to be moved one way or the other. And I think it's interesting that here on July 29th he was traded. And there's a reason for that. The Mariners gave up a haul. And this includes three of of their top five prospects going to the Cincinnati Reds. So the price was high. The Mariners met it. They were aggressive. They have a massive playoff drought that's two decades long. And they need to end it this year. So they are operating very aggressively. Um, And that price to get Luis Castillo reflects that to get a Pablo Lopez, it will cost a lot. To get a Frankie Montas, it will cost a lot, as it should for pitchers who are that talented. So the Mariners get a lot better, but they paid a very steep price. 
there was a text earlier. I, I'm having trouble finding it, but either way, there was a te text earlier that had said something along the lines of, look, we'd seen trades for Tyler Naquin. We'd seen a trade certainly for Andrew Penitendi, who scored his first run as a Yankee tonight in the Yankees' big win over the Royals. <laughs> Aaron Judge hit a grand slam, by the way, his 41st home run of the season. Wow. So uh, he, he is on solid. That, that's our AL MVP. I, I don't really think it matters what Shohei Otani does for the rest of the season. He hit a grand slam in addition to having already hit a, a home run earlier in that ball game. But I, I just I bring up that text because the text basically said, look, Benatendi, Naquin, they were traded for maybe not pennies on the dollar, but I think for certainly a cheaper ask. Well, you heard Ross Atkins talk to the media, I guess, what, a couple days ago? And he said, Ben, uh, the, the, the ask for starting pitchers was, and I think he actually used the word pricey. He, like, laughed and used the word pricey. Well, when you give up ton of your top prospects, Noel V. Marte, Marte, Levi Stout, Edwin Arroyo, Dylan Moore, Marte and Arroyo are two top 100 prospects. I believe Marte is a top 15 to 20 prospect overall in Major League Baseball. Those are the asking prices right now. Well, exactly. I had heard this week from people in the game that the price on Luis Castillo was going to be astronomical. Yeah. And then the Mariners met it. So, you know, this is really interesting now because it means there's one less option out there. There are still teams, including the Blue Jays, including the St. Louis Cardinals who, and, and others, of course, who would benefit from starting pitching. So now they have fewer options uh, to, to choose from. And I don't see the Blue Jays as a team that is reactionary in this situation. I don't see them as a team that says, well, the Mariners went out and got Luis Castillo. Now we have to match it. I think they play their own game. I think they stick to their own values. They still need to make additions. It doesn't have to be a starting pitcher. Um, it could be a couple relievers. We can see which way this thing goes. And certainly Joe Jimenez was very impressive tonight. I still think he would be a perfect addition um, to this bullpen. But it, it's interesting to see this landscape start to move here. I'm seeing a bunch of texts come in around the trade deadline and and trade targets and so on. I see one here. Uh, Xavier from St. Catharines. Seems like the Mariners give up a lot for Castillo. It feels like the Jays didn't want to give up that much, but man, it hurts especially with the Manoa injury. Hope we make a move soon. That's from Xavier. I see uh, Vince Morora. The Jays really should have made a push to get Castillo as a starter. The front office messed up, in my opinion. And uh, Craig from Saskatoon. I sure hope Atkins can pull the trigger on something soon before the pickings become terribly slim. Bullpen help is a necessity very soon. You mentioned Joe Jimenez. I, I would love Ben. Uh, by the end of the by the end of this series on Sunday, if the Tigers mysteriously can't find Joe Jimenez, Gregory Soto, and or Michael Fulmer, I would I would very much appreciate that. Maybe they got maybe they got locked in a closet somewhere. They have to stay in Toronto. They, you know, <laughs> whatever it takes. Any one of those three guys, I would love to see them as a Toronto Blue Jay. I have no doubt that. At least two of Fulmer, Jimenez, and Soto are getting traded. I think Soto is the least likely to be traded. Agreed. If only because I think he has more years of control, I believe, left on that contract. And he's not that old either. But the other two guys, I bet they get traded. I don't know if it's going to be to the Blue Jays. I would really love that. On the bullpen, right? And this is something we talk about a lot. The idea of swing and miss stuff in the bullpen. And I, you and I have discussed the idea also of the circle of trust. I love using the term circle of trust. People who listen to me here on Jay's Talk hear me talk about the circle of trust a lot. I have long said that Tim Meza, in my opinion, is part of the circle of trust. But as of late, he has looked a little more mortal, right? He's having maybe a, a you're on the downswing here. Uh, David Phelps, probably in maybe the outer circle of trust. But he like he's a guy whose stuff is good. But at the same time, he's not exactly the, the firefighter you want coming in to put out embers out there on the base paths. Tonight he came in certainly with no one out there. He came in to start an inning, but generally speaking, 
it just all goes back to the idea of having more guys in that uh, arm barn uh, that who can throw some gas when needed. And I dare say, apart from Jimmy Garcia, and I'm not going to include Jordan Romano because he's kind of in a conversation unto himself, right? But apart from Jimmy Garcia, you know, there's there's not a lot of guys who has nasty swing and miss stuff in this bullpen. And I just, I'm not quite at remake the entire bullpen necessarily, but you mentioned Jimenez. It is quite the, uh, the sobering splash of cold water to see him come out there on the mound, set the Blue Jays down one, two, three, and then the very next pitcher you see on the mound for the Blue Jays is Anthony Bonda. I, I don't mean to like like crap on the guy but and he he walked a guy then actually had a nice bounce back so you know kudos to Bonda but you want someone I remember having the same conversation uh with listeners when uh the Blue Jays were playing Seattle funnily enough and I believe it was um Andres Munoz and he comes in and he did that guy just throws like some nasty pitches he has really thrown some gas and it is you see situations like that a lot and I feel like it just makes the difference that much more stark when you don't see a guy like that come out on the mound, really at any point, whose name is not Jordan Romano for the Blue Jays. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that this this bullpen, we've seen it with Trevor Richards this week, allowing a home run to Albert Pujols, and Phelps today struggled uh, a little bit there. We saw Bonda issue the four-pitch walk. It, it's tough to, to make it look easy against Major League hitters. And what Joe Jimenez did, three batters, three strikeouts, 18 pitches, 14 strikes, so many 97, so many swinging oh, strikes. Man. Like, he looked great. And I know small sample, the smallest of small samples, but you can't fluke your way into 97, and he's he's attacking the zone. So, to me, that's a pitcher that, uh, whether it's the Jays or some other contender, that's the kind of pitcher that could pitch in the bullpen of a very good team. You want to weigh in on the uh, trade deadline, certainly coming up next week on August 2nd, or you want to text us as well, you can give us a call at 416-870-0590, star-590 on your cell. Of course, 590-590 is where you can text us. Lots of text on the text line. We'll go back there in a sec. But, again, when you when you talk about the, the existing players in this bullpen right now, right, and, again, we saw Mesa tonight. We saw David Phelps tonight. We saw Bonda tonight. Max Castillo is someone who... Generally speaking, Ben, I have been pleasantly surprised at what we have gotten out of him, what you got to see on the mound. I guess you you take out the very first appearance by Max Castillo in the major leagues, which was when I believe it was on Father's Day against the Yankees. And I think his I think the first two batters he gave up solo home runs. I think Kyle Higashioka was one of them. I forget who the other one was. Maybe it might have been Anthony Rizzo. Either way, the Yankees took him deep twice. He settled down after the ball game. He said that he was a little nervous. And since then, he has been pretty steady. I mean, you can't just discount those two appearances like whatsoever. They still happened. But at the same time, he has been steadier, and he was steady tonight again. In again, it's not a super high leverage situation, but again, and for what it, what it's worth. I do wonder, let's just say, for the sake of discussion, that Alec Manoa has to miss maybe even just one start because Alec Manoa is going to have to pitch. Let's see, there's two games coming here against the Tigers Saturday, Sunday. There's a day off on Monday. Then we have two games against the Rays and then a four-game set against Minnesota at Target Field. So I would imagine that probably lines up Manoa somewhere to start the Minnesota series, if I had to guess, maybe the first game of the Minnesota series. So if that's the case, if Manoa has to miss even one game, are you comfortable with it being Max Castillo? I, I mean, I'm hoping it's like Pablo Lopez. Let's put it that right. way, because the trade deadline is will be gone by then. But let's say let's say it's it's an in-house option. Are you comfortable with Castillo? Yeah, I think he's the best option that you have. And uh, you know, at this point, he's not really stretched out. But it would probably be some sort of a bullpen game combination uh, approach. Um, you know, I think it's interesting too, and we haven't heard from John Schneider and the Blue Jays yet. But I. 
if I'm them, what I'm saying right now is we think Manoa's going to be fine. Because you don't want to give other teams any extra leverage and say, oh, we're actually desperate for starting right. pitching right now. So, you know, we'll see what the word is uh, out of the Blue Jays clubhouse as, as uh, the evening unfolds here. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think Castillo would be fine in that situation. Yeah, I think I've been pleasantly surprised by what we've gotten out of him. And again, I feel like whenever you look at Max Castillo and you look at the you like you kind of compare how long he's going to go into a game to maybe any other starters on the ball club. I feel like it's a very similar conversation maybe on a on a stricter sense as Ross Stripling is. I mean, if you, you say we often have the conversation with Stripling again who's pitching tomorrow that Stripling goes two times through the order, he's a two times guy and then if he has been very thrifty with his pitches, maybe he goes for another three outs perhaps or two outs maybe depending on how things are going. But if uh if two times through the order and you're and he's at, he's at I don't know, you're in the fourth inning and he's at 60 to 70 pitches, depending on... Maybe he's a little more stretched out these days, but I feel like that conversation we had when Stripling was first moved to the from the ro- from the bullpen to the rotation, you're now having that very similar-ish conversation about Max Castillo. For sure, and I think part of the reality here is the Jays don't have someone pushing at AAA. I mean, Casey Lawrence is a nice depth option to have, but you don't necessarily see someone, whether it could have been an Anthony Kay or it could have been a Thomas Hatch, but there's no one sitting there that you're like, oh, they need to go to this player. So Max Castillo, by default, you know, he's he's a valuable member of this pitching staff. I'm here. I'm hearing here that we do have a, a clip here regarding Alec Manoa. So why don't we go to it? This is, I believe, John Schneider post game availability on Alec Manoa following the injury and being removed from today's ball game. John, have you spoke to Alec um, after he left the ball game? And do you know anything further outside of X-rays coming back negative? Uh, no, haven't spoken to him yet. Uh, he was in there, but X-rays negative, and uh, we'll see how he is tomorrow. Day to day, do you anticipate he'll miss a, a start? Don't know yet. Just see how everything feels tomorrow and go from there. Hey, John. I'm um, just more on Manoa. Like when it when it happened, um, what was sort of the decision making process to take him out? Um, what was he saying? Did he want to stay in? Like, how did that all? Unfold? Yeah, he he always wants to stay in. I think we were at the point in the game too where. Um, you know, it wasn't his sharpest outing, so I think we were, you know, Timmy was up anyway, and we, we were kind of heading in that direction, so, you know, he's competitive as, as hell, and he wanted to stay in, but, um, you know, it was a pretty easy decision to get him out just to be safe. That is uh, John Schneider speaking to the media. I believe that was Hazel May and Caitlin McGrath asking those two questions. I, uh, I'm, I'm not shocked, Ben. I dare say you are not shocked either to hear that Manoa did not want to come out of this ballgame. I am not shocked. I am not shocked. I mean, from here, and of course, we're, we have great view from this spot, but we're still removed from it, right? And so at that point, you think, of course, just take him out, right? Like, what, what is the point of stressing that elbow even a little bit more, even with a warm-up pitch? But we've seen Manoa all season, and ever since he debuted, of course, he wants to stay out there. And it's Schneider's job to say, no, we are good. We are going to our bullpen. Yeah, it wasn't the cleanest outing for Manoa, even without the injury. His final line, five and a third, seven hits, four runs, all of them earned, one walk, four strikeouts. He gave up the home run, the Willie Castro home run, who homered for the second straight game. That that home run, and again, much like yesterday's home run, that ball looked like it got out in a hurry. Like, it, it, it did not, I almost thought it was going to come down, and then it just, it almost did not move right on a, a frozen rope type of ball right over the right field wall. I got to say, that was, uh, a pro- again, not the, not the cleanest of outings for someone like Alec Manoa, who has been so consistent overall all season. I mean, you and Ben were talking about it during the ball game, but you often get quality starts at Alec Manoa, right? Six innings pitched, th- three earned runs or less, and he, he it, 
you kind of thought maybe he could gut his way into that spot again, and of course the injury prevented that from happening. But hey, I mean, it's a rare blip for him, but you just hope that in the end, Schneider, is, his update maybe tomorrow might be a little more positive, and maybe we maybe you're not talking about a Max Casio start next week against Minnesota. Maybe Alec Manoa is in there anyways. It certainly seems possible, and as the Jays show up tomorrow, they'll they'll figure that out and and um and, and move ahead from there. But it's interesting too because it wasn't the only injury situation today that was worth watching. And to have Bo Bichette out of the lineup, at least as as a starter, um, to have George Springer out of the lineup as well, as they're both dealing with for Bichette a shoulder, for, for Springer it's an elbow arm issue. So that's a couple or a few very significant players for the Blue Jays and there's no you know, catastrophically bad news on any of them at this point, but it's all situations worth monitoring as the Jays move ahead, not only toward the trade deadline, but then the stretch run, just hugely important players for this team. We had heard in uh, Schneider's pregame comments that he had said that Bo there just I think they were just taking extra precautions with a guy who plays every single day. Bo very rarely comes out of the lineup. Even, I mean, you, you hear a lot of talk from the training staff and Ross Atkins and, and Schneider, of course, himself, Charlie Montoya before him. You heard you heard a lot about how they're very strict with days off and they want to be good in getting guys days off their feet, like those half days off where guys DH and so on. We've seen that for George Springer certainly this season. We've seen it for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this season. We've seen it for a couple guys. You rarely see it for Bo Bichette. So I, I honestly have no real issue with him sitting and that he even had an at-bat in the end, gave that ball a ride. It was only, what, a foot or two from being a home run at the end of the game. So I think he's probably largely fine, but after the collision yesterday and kind of with Lourdes in left field and, and you know, again, playing just a ton of baseball, there's no, I don't have a real issue with it. Springer seems like that. that's just something you're going to have to probably expect out of Springer for, dare I say, the rest of his career probably at this point. Certainly seems like it'll be the case for the rest of this season, at least the medium term. That is an issue that George Springer is is dealing with. That arm, uh, that elbow, that's not a new situation. Um, and, and like you said, with Bo Bichette, it's a rarity for him to come out of the lineup. He wants to be in there. He told me before the season he wants to play 162. He, that's a point of pride for him. So, you know, the Jays to take him out, it, it's important to get him some of that rest. And today he got most of that rest day uh, off his feet and to rest that shoulder before that deep fly ball. That is Ben Nicholson Smith. I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll go back to the text line. If anyone wants to call in as well, 416-870-0590, 1-888-666-0590, star 590 on your cell. 590-590 is, of course, where you can text us. We'll get back to the text line. More uh, discussion about the Luis Castillo trade as well for the Mariners and what the Blue Jays can hope to achieve at the trade deadline as well. All that straight ahead. You're listening to Jay's Talk Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali and Ben Nicholson-Smith here with you as we discuss this Jay's 4-2 loss to the Detroit Tigers. Series is now evened at one game apiece. Game three of this four-game set goes tomorrow, Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern 12 p.m. Pacific, Ross Stripling will head to the mound for the Blue Jays. Of course, the big story of tonight's game, Alec Manoa leaving the game in the sixth inning after taking a Jonathan Scope comebacker off the right elbow. And uh, this is from Shai Davidi. I guess Alec Manoa just finished speaking to the media. Alec Manoa says pain quickly ebbed, and he lobbied to stay in the game, but trainer Jose Ministral was a- 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 said, 
are you crazy? And that was that. <laughs> Asked if he thinks he needs to miss his next start. Manoa replies, I sure hope not. That's a direct quote from Alec Manoa. So, hey, I mean, that's not a shocker. We know that Alec Manoa is the kind of person who will – we always see one more, one more guy, one more batter. He's yelling at guys off the mound going back to the Red Sox series. Like, Alec Manoa has some real fire in him. I'm not surprised he wanted to stay in this game. But, hey, I mean – I feel like that he even spoke to the media after the game in itself is a good sign that they don't feel things are too, too wrong here. Exactly. And and that's, I'm sure, for the Blue Jays, very encouraging to see that, you know, he's feeling better now. He expects to make that next start. Um, that's all pointing in the right direction for Alec Manoa and where things go next. Uh, before we get back to the text line, 590-590, name and location, uh, let's get to the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. So if we look at the AL East standings, I can't believe – you know what? That's not true. I can believe the Yankees won again. Uh, they they were down – I think they were up 3 nothing early on. They went down 5-3. Salvador Perez crushing a three-run bomb in his return from the injured list. So good to see that back for uh, – for one of the game's premier catchers. So Salvador Perez putting the Royals up 5-3. And then I believe it was in the bottom of the eighth inning. They had, I think it was like a single, a bases-loaded walk, a single, a single, a single, and then a grand slam from Aaron Judge, his 41st home run of the season, and it's not even August yet, Ben. That is truly absurd. It, it really is. It's amazing what he's doing. And, you know, I, I guess Shohei Otani's still in that mix for MVP. I mean... <laughs> For a while, Jordan Alvarez was, or Jose Ramirez. I don't know. At this point, like, this is Aaron Judge's to lose. What an, It's just, you know, and I know everyone listening, or I, I will say, I know most people, the vast majority of people here listening are Blue Jays fans. They probably don't want us to talk about how amazing Aaron Judge is <laughs> for 20 minutes. But I, it's, it really is amazing. It really is. And, you know, at some point, the path to the World Series goes through the Yankees. The Jays know that. Um, but, you know what? What he's doing right now is really impressive. Yeah, 41 home runs on the season. I believe that puts him on pace to break the Yankee record, which was set by Roger Maris, I think in the 60s or 50s or 60s. It's a record that has stood for a long time. Maris hitting 61 home runs for the Yankees, and I believe he's the only Yankee to hit 60 home runs. So. Babe Ruth. Oh, right, Babe Ruth. Of course, Babe Ruth. The Babe. Uh, the Yankees, though, with the win tonight are 68-33. and 33. Toronto is 55-45 and 45 with the loss tonight. Tampa Bay, they lost as well, 53-47. and 47. The Orioles, the surprising Baltimore Orioles winning, they uh, won... 50, or pardon me, they won 6-2. They are now 51-49 and 49 on the season. They are two games back of the final wildcard spot, and the Boston Red Sox lose to the Cleveland Guardians. The aforementioned Jose Ramirez burying Boston with a, a two-run shot and an RBI single. Boston is now 50-51. and 51. Honestly, if you had said before August the Orioles would be ahead of the Red Sox in the standings and that the Red Sox would be the only team in the AL East that's under 500, I don't know who would have taken that bet or t- called you, said that was truthful because that's that's cra- pretty crazy itself. Yeah, and sometimes you have these 50-51 and 51 teams like Atlanta last year, the Jays back in 2015, and they have these huge comebacks, and I don't know. Something tells me that the 22 Red Sox are not going to be on that list of teams that has massive comebacks. No, I uh, think you're probably right. Honestly, I I honestly wonder if with the trade deadline looming in a couple of days, I honestly wonder if we have maybe, we talk about Trey Mancini having played maybe the last couple of games in in an Orioles uniform. I kind of wonder if J.D. Martinez has played his last couple of games in a Red Sox uniform. Ovaldi as well, interesting. Mm -hmm. It sounds like Xander Bogarts is staying put. Um, As the Red Sox move, move ahead, they've told him that he's not going to be traded. But lots of intrigue around the American League East right now. 
Well, as we discuss the trade deadline, let's go back to the text line, 590-590. I see one here from uh, MP in Scarborough saying, I want the Jays to save all their primo prospects for the Otani trade. He also says, uh, or she, I, I actually don't know, sir or madam. Uh, also, better hope, uh, better that Castillo goes west and not to the Yanks or the Rays. I will say, I, we had seen the Yankees are, were circling uh, Luis Castillo there. And, of course, with the Yan- I believe it was Luis Severino. Nestor Cortez Jr. and maybe one other guy have either had a lot of injuries in the last several years or have never pitched as much in a major league season, I think in in the case of Cortez Jr., who has been phenomenal this season. But uh, the Yankees always looking to improve, and you can probably tie any major trade piece to either the Yankees or the Dodgers, as you probably, for the most part, can every year. But I I tend to agree with MP. If, If Luis Castillo is getting traded, even though it's not great that he gets traded to the Mariners, I mean... I don't know. There's no real rivalry between the Blue Jays and Mariners as there is with, uh, let's say, the Yankees. I guess the one thing is, how does that play out for the wild card race? And, you know, if you're in those uh, one and two spots, one of those teams potentially would get the home field for that wild card series. So if it is the Blue Jays and the Mariners, then do the Blue Jays then have to go to Seattle on the road in that wild card series? And of course, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. We don't know exactly how the seeding is going to look, right. but that's one possibility. So the Mariners, I guess, in that sense, do have a little bit more connection to the Blue Jays than they otherwise might. I, I got to say, Ben, I think the standings for the wild card race, they are going to be bunched up for the rest of the year. Yeah. I think for the essentially since the since before the All-Star break really, uh, the with the Mariners going on their huge win streak, the Orioles had a massive win streak as well and they've continued to win in, in bunches even after the All-Star break here. The I believe basically every team in the three wild card spots are separated by two games essentially. Maybe maybe even less at this point, right? And, and whenever the it's it's kind of unfortunate whenever you get games like tonight because you see the Mariners lose, you see the Rays lose. And you think maybe even just a little bit of a win over a team that, in theory, you quote unquote should beat would help you pick up some ground in that wild card race. At the same time, it's it's going to be a dogfight for the entire, probably right up until the end of the first week of October. Right, and you know it's still a long season. I mean, the Jays tonight played game number one hundred for them, so they still have sixty-two more. So there's a lot of time for them to take advantage of the talent that they have, for them to add talent and and really. Uh, potentially enjoy the benefits of some new players on this team. And this is why, again, to go back to Springer and Bichette, it's why you keep them out of these games at times because you still have 62 more before they really count. And then you have three in the wildcard series. And then you have three more series after that. So there's so much more baseball to come. I see a text here on the text line from Jason in Kingston uh, on the Springer thing. With the injury concerns with Springer, is it a major need for the Jays to add in the outfield? Ian Happ comes to mind, also seeing how much better the Tigers' bullpen is very disheartening looking at the Jays' pen. I don't disagree on the bullpen thing, uh, whether it is Jimenez, whether it's uh, Soto or Fulmer, or even if you discount the Tigers entirely, whether it's Scott Barlow pitched pretty well for the Royals, until he didn't, of course, but but still, uh, Scott Barlow is a name. Stomon, I believe, is another name with the Royals I wouldn't mind seeing for the Blue Jays. You got uh, you got David Bednar, certainly, who is, I, I got to think, with the Pirates being as, as wretched as they are, Maybe Bednar goes, maybe maybe Richardson or Bard. There are a lot of names that will be present in the conversation of the trade deadline. The bullpen definitely going to get, I mean, you would hope, get some kind of augmentation. But I like uh, Jason's question on Ian Happ. What do you, where do you fall on Ian Happ for the Cubs coming in for some outfield reinforcements? Well, really good player. And, uh, you know, someone who can switch hit, who can play some different positions, who can get on base, who has a little bit of power. I think he'd be a good pickup. Now, you know, is he someone, 
Like, I still think you probably want to keep Bradley Zimmer on this roster for the Blue Jays because of the elite speed and defense that he can give you late in games in October um, and down the stretch in September. So I, I kind of like the idea of keeping Zimmer around. Now, you know, if if there's a way to get Hap onto this roster, who is he replacing? Is that, you know, is Biggio going back in that trade? Um, is, is Tapia going somewhere? Right now we've seen that, you know, certainly Zach Collins is is the weak link on this bench in a lot of ways, but he's an insurance policy that the Blue Jays like a lot. Right. So... Um, yeah, basically my answer, whenever a good player comes up and Ian Happ is definitely a good player is, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to try to talk yourself out of good major league players. And Ian Happ is a good major league player, but I think the biggest need is on the pitching side. And I think that was again, reinforced tonight. I see one here from Lindsay in Toronto, hoping Shapiro and Atkins don't trade the farm just to see the Yankees in the playoffs. Yes, let's see a trade, but not a front and back page news trade. Um, Vincent Bryan in Aurora, do you think the Jays have a chance at landing Otani in an epic trade at the deadline? I mean, it's kind of like that uh, that Dumb and Dumber gif. Like, so you're telling me there's a chance? Like, there's always a chance, <laughs> you know? But I I think it's unlikely. I I wouldn't be shocked to see him traded. I I, I think I read his uh, or yeah read his translate translated a. Uh, his answer to the Angels beat writers after last night's ball game, but he basically was asked, uh, "What you know? What do you think of this trade?" And he was like, "I play for the Angels right now." And you're kind of like, "Boy, anytime a player says that, they might, they might, you've got to think they're on their way out." But I, I do wonder though, Ota- if Otani gets traded, Ben, I just it's going to be like to the Dodgers or the Padres or some other West Coast team. I just feel like based on based on the conversations that Otani had when he was uh, when he signed with in Major League Baseball in the first place. Well, the Jays certainly liked him then. <laughs> it's, it's um, true they too. certainly <laughs> did. You know, you're right though. That answer is definitely like that's the equivalent of like when a GM is asked, "Hey, you know, how's your manager?" and the GM goes, "Well, he's our manager." You know, <laughs> that's like kind of the the equivalent. And then of course, the next week they're always fired. Now, I don't think that in this case, you know, it, the price would have to be so high for the Angels to move on trading Shohei Otani and Anytime you have Trout and Otani going into a season, you kind of have to dream, if you're a GM, of how can we surround these two players, these two franchise players, with more. And they have a chance to do that again in 2023. So personally, I'm not expecting Otani to be traded. But Juan Soto, I think he's gone within a few days. Maybe when we're doing Jay's talk tomorrow night, maybe there's a Juan Soto trade to discuss, Ben. Well, I would welcome that. However, I think it'll be to the San Diego Padres (laughs) if he gets traded. But I would be happy to be wrong. I, I, I am ready for anything. That is Ben Nicholson-Smith. Let's see if we uh, get some more trades tomorrow night. That does it for Jays Talk. Appreciate the text as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feature wild side baseball fans. Jays fall to the Tigers 4-2 tomorrow. Ross Stripling heads to the mound for the Toronto. Familiar face Drew Hutchison will go for Detroit. First pitch flies at 3.07 p.m. Eastern. The pregame starts at 2 Eastern. I'm back tomorrow with Ben. Blair and Barker will be back on Sunday. Have a wonderful long weekend. We will talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the ballgame.